By his words, all became. He set the galaxies into motion, aligning everything according to his will. The great conductor, orchestrating the heavens, always advancing, ever moving through time and space. 2,000 years ago, he directed the stars and earth together to point to the center of his purpose. A child delivered in Bethlehem, the God of the universe wrapped into the tenderness of a baby. To us, a child is born, a son is given. O come, the long expected. wanted to look into the camera and welcome all of you joining us on the other sides of computer screens, literally all over the place. Our tech guys told us last week that we have viewers in Italy too. So come on, somebody. We're Five Stones International. Hey, welcome to church this morning. We're so glad that you're here. We love the Christmas season, right? We're big fans of Christmas around here, if you can't tell. I love looking around, seeing all of the ugly sweaters, which, by the way, that's intentional. Like, we didn't just lose our fashion sense. Um, it was an intentional thing. A group of them got together and said, hey, let's wear ugly sweaters at the church this weekend. Um, I, I had a friend who, whose church, they did that too. He was telling me about it. He said, my church uh, just kind of impromptu decided they were going to do some ugly sweaters this weekend. And so they got together and everybody kind of wore ugly sweaters. Now his mom just so happened to be in the nursery and she was working in there. Well, well, everybody in the church kind of agreed that, that what they were going to do is after service, they were going to all agree on whoever had the most ugliest sweater and they were going to give that person a prize. And so they all agreed and after service, they came to his mom who was serving in the nursery and they gave the prize. The only problem was she didn't even know about the contest. And, and, and so she, she, she's just wearing, like some people just like those shirts. She was just wearing one of those. I said, well, how did she respond? He said, well, she tried to smile and she just took the prize. And needless to say, she never wore that sweater again. <laughs> sometimes it's bad to be the last one to know, you know? So come on, somebody. Sometimes, some, sometimes it's bad when you're the last one to get the message. And as we're, we're going on with this series, the long expected Jesus, the long expected Savior brought to this earth, I started thinking about the first people that ever heard this message. Out of all of the people in all of the, of the whole history of the universe, who would be the first people to hear that the King of Kings, the Son of God, had come to this earth? The truth is, we get messages all the time. We're getting all kinds of messages. I get text messages come in. I get direct messages. I get Instagram messages. They've even got this app now my kids have convinced me to get called Be Real. Have you heard about Be Real? Be Real is like this app where at random part, parts of the day, it'll give you a notification. And it tells you that you're supposed to just stop and take a picture of whatever it is that you're doing right then and, and, and just share that with the world. Why anybody needs to know what I'm doing at 837, I don't know. But they, they, they've got this app, and so now I've got it. Now we're making announcements everywhere. The truth is, we get so many messages today that a lot of times we just kind of scroll past or, or delete, right? I mean, if, if I'm honest with you, I get so many messages that sometimes I'll just kind of scroll through. And every so often, I'll get a message that kind of makes me kind of jerk my head back, right? You know, it's like, wow, I, that, that, I need to pay attention to that one. And the message that was received that day a little over 2,000 years ago was one of those type messages, a message that makes you go, 
wait a minute, that's important. It was the most important message, in fact, that the universe has ever known. The long-expected king of kings had finally come. And the message that was the most important message the world would ever know was delivered to shepherds. i got to tell you, I just love that. Because maybe you're thinking about, when you think of shepherds, you're thinking about your nativity scene. And I hate to mess up your nativity scene because I got the same one. But in a lot of ways, it can be a little inaccurate. You know, you got Mary, you got Joseph, you got the baby Jesus, you got... Um, then you got off to the side, you probably have the shepherds, right? And, and, and yours is probably like mine. You know, they got the like flowing robe and he's got the nice distinguished beard. Maybe he's carrying a little lamb there, got the candy cane staff and that's nice. But the truth is, if you talk to most theologians, they'll say that shepherds probably didn't really look much like that. Shepherds were really rough characters. I mean, they were, they were pretty, pretty rough cats. Like I worked around some roofers for years and, and they remind me more of those guys. Like, you know, like they're outside, they're working with their hands all the time. These guys we're working with animals. I mean, like, there's a smell that comes with that, you know? Like, these guys are rough characters. They're really rough people. In fact, there, there was a word that they would call the, the shepherds of that day. They would, they would, it was translated people of the dirt, which is a really nice way of saying scumbags. That, that's what they were, they were known as. And no good, self-respecting Jewish mom or dad ever wanted their child to, to marry a shepherd, right? And yet, the one group of people that God made sure of that would hear about the birth of Jesus before anybody else were shepherds. I think that's fascinating. We're going to read about it in the book of Luke. Last week we talked about the, the different gospels and how they, they go about explaining the story of Jesus. And this week we're in the book of Luke. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2. It'll be on the screen. It's in your notes as well. And this is how it's recorded. It says, now... There were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The angels, by the way, the angels were scary. So again, to mess up your little nativity scene, they're not little fat naked babies with harps. Sorry, like, like the rough guys, these rough construction type guys, these difficult guys that were outside in the elements all the time, they were terrified of these beings, right? So they're pretty scary things. So the, these angels said to them, in fact, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them to, into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the sayings which were told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. The very first people that ever would find out about God being born on this planet, that God had come into to this existence, into this reality, were homeless, smelly, low-class, social, and religious outcasts. I think that's incredible. They were considered physically and spiritually unclean. Now, why is it that God would choose those people out of all the people, 
Like if I were writing the story, I would come and tell like the most important people ever, right? You would tell the dignitaries, the kings, somebody important that, that Jesus had come. That's who I would tell, but that's not how God designed it. God designed it that, that these people would be the first people to, to find out about Jesus. Why? Well, I think for a number of reasons, if you're keeping notes, here's the primary reason I think is because they were the right people. They were the absolute right people. Were they the right people in the eyes of the world? No. In the eyes of the religious crowd, absolutely not. Were they the smartest, most wealthiest, most impressive people? No. Then, then why was it that God would decide to choose these people first? Maybe for you. And maybe for me. Maybe you've never felt like you've been first at anything, ever. And when it came time for the most important news to ever be told to the, in the history of mankind, God made sure that the people who felt like, like they were always last in line would be the first one to find out. See, I, I love the way that God makes his announcements. See, I believe this was God's way of announcing to the world that he doesn't keep score the way the world does. Right? He doesn't look on the outward appearance. He doesn't look at how much money you have or how much fame you have or how much popularity. He, it's the same God that was sent to those shepherds is sent to us. The same God that is, it was there for the highest is there for the lowest, and he's there for you today. And, and it doesn't matter where it is that you find yourself on the socioeconomic platform, the foot of the cross is leveled to all people. He's the same Savior for everybody. Now, when you think about it, maybe the shepherds were the perfectly right person to hear about this. Because who else would understand better the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world than shepherds? Shepherds would know this. Every single day they were required to look over their flock and they would look at these sheep. And they, they had to give the very best of their flock to the, to the priest. And many times the priest would look at them and say, your, good, your best is just not good enough. Every day those shepherds would do this. And, and, and many people would look at the shepherds and say, your best isn't good enough. See, the Orthodox Jews had this, this very rigid, ritualistic process where, where they had all these formal rules and regulations. They had, they had ritualistic things where they had to wash their hands all the time. They had to dress a certain way. If they wanted to be in God's presence, it had to look a certain way and sound a certain way. And they had to wash all these times. The shepherds could never handle that kind of thing. Right? They didn't have a job that, that would work towards that. They couldn't spend their whole day washing their hands. Right, They had work to do. They couldn't participate in all of the, the holy feasts and festivals because they didn't have like a 40-hour work week. Right? These guys had, had, had a difficult job. They, by day, they had to find food for the sheep to eat, and then by night, they had to make sure that they were okay. See, the shepherds were looked at, at, at by society as like the base level, the bottom, the lowest. Nobody, in fact, they were used by culture. Because they couldn't stay ceremonially clean, they said, you'll be the people that, that buries our dead. We'll just use you and, and you do that. This is how they were used by society. And in fact, they, they, were, they were so used by society and they were so thought of as so low that their testimony wouldn't even hold up in court. Like if you were a shepherd, they'd say, well, we can't trust that, you're a shepherd. These are the people that God even though the religious community said, man, they're, they're social outcasts, these are the people that God said, I want them to know first. And, and I, I just, when I hear that, I can't help but to get overwhelmed by the fact that this, this is true. Maybe you don't look like, like the religious crowd thinks you ought to look. And maybe you don't talk that talk or you don't, you don't look like what they think you should look like. Well, God says those are the people that he chose to use to, to know this information first. See, when God looks at you, he, he doesn't look at position, he doesn't look at status, he doesn't look at popularity. Our culture does that, right? Our culture says that unless you're popular and good-looking and have a lot of money, well, then you're useless, 
right? That, that's what culture says. And what we do is we put God in a box. We say, well, God can't use me because well, look at me, right? And he doesn't know all the things that I'm going through and all the struggles that I'm, I'm dealing with and all the fears. And we forget the fact that God knows every one of your strengths and he knows every one of your weaknesses and he knows exactly how you should be used by him if you're willing and you're obedient like these shepherds were. But, but so if they were the right people, then why, but why still would they be used by God? Like, okay, I can get behind the fact that God says these people should be used by me, but, but why? Because I, here's the second thing. I think they were there in the right place at the right time. I think they were right where they needed to be. The, the verse eight said that the shepherds were in the same country. What are the odds that these guys would be in the exact right place in the exact right time when when Jesus, the Son of God, would be born? You know what the odds are? 100%. I think they're 100%. They're exactly where where God wanted them to be. And, and, And let me tell you something. You are too. You're exactly where God positioned you to be. It's not an accident that you're here. It's not a, 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 just a happenstance that you happen to be listening to this message. God is doing something incredible right here and right now. He wanted you to hear this message. See, I think, I wonder how many times that we miss out on something that God wants to do in our lives, something big and powerful and important because we're so busy doing stuff that really doesn't matter. How many times that we, got, we think, well, like right in this season, we can get so wrapped up and we, so busy. We got, I got a tree to put up. I got decorations to do. I got that work party I got to go to. I got gifts I got to buy. And we get wrapped up in all of this, this stuff. And, and I just want to say that everybody in that moment was wrapped up in stuff, but God was doing something incredible. He was coming to the world and people were missing it. And we could do that exact same thing. God is doing something powerful right here in your lives. And if you're not careful, you'll miss it. And I just want to say, don't you dare miss what God wants to do in your life. See, those shepherds could have said, and you might be saying, like, who, who cares what's going on in my life? You know, the shepherds could have did that exact same thing. They could have said, well, who cares about a peasant baby being born in a barn? Right? That's not newsworthy. That's not what people were paying attention to. What, what was hitting the news was this vast, vicious Roman army that was expanding. That was what was on the news. It was political intrigue and and a growing military and racial tensions and and, and immorality and and Caesar was raising taxes. Does this sound familiar? It's like everything that was going on around them today, that was the stuff that that people should be paying attention to. Nobody cared about a poor little couple making an eight-mile trip from Nazareth to some nowhereville in Bethlehem. But the the reality is everybody was paying attention to to Alexander the Great and Augustus the Great and Herod the Great and they were overlooking Jesus, the great savior of the world was being born and Christ, what, what he was doing that day. And I think the same thing could be said of us today. We're so focused on wars, right, and, and, and politics and, and stuff going on in the economy. And, and what we should be thinking about is, is the son of God is near, that he's moving on the hearts of his people, that something's happening, and he recognizes that you got stuff going on and circumstances that are happening in your life, and he sees all of those things, but he recognized that now is the right time. Now is the time that we should be focused on that, which is the other thing that the, the shepherds had, and the reason why I think God could use them. They were the right people. They were at the right place at the right time, and you know what they had? They had the right attitude. The shepherds had the right attitude. In verse 15, it says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go. Say those two words. Say, Now go. No, I said out loud, not out quiet. Let's try that again. Say, Now go. That's what the shepherds said. They said, Let's now go and see this thing that's come to pass that the Lord's told us about. 
See, the shepherds, they had heard a message, and as soon as they heard, they started moving. They started hurrying on what God had told them. Maybe God has been dealing with you about something. And he's been on your heart about doing something in your life and about surrendering control over something. And you've been having a hard time with that. When I was a kid, I used to see bumper stickers that say, Jesus is my co-pilot. That is the dumbest bumper sticker ever. Like, like if you're a follower of Jesus, he's not the co-pilot. He wants to be the pilot. It's like, Jesus, take the wheel, you know? (laughs) Like, that's what he really wants to do. See, a lot of times what we like to do is we don't like to surrender because we like to be the one in control, don't we? I like the the one calling the shots. And a lot of times what we'll do is we'll say it this way. It'll be really overt. We'll say, God, I'm going to be the one that's going to make the decisions for my life. Like, I'm going to choose what I'm going to do for me and for my family. But a lot of times what we do is it's a lot less overt. It's a little bit more subtle. They say, well, I'm going to follow the Bible, more or less, you know, and and then God's going to have to bless me because I'm doing what the Bible said I got to do, right? And then we get worked up and we, we don't understand when God doesn't do things the way that we think that they should do. But being a Christ follower means total surrender. You mean you surrender everything that you think should happen. We say, God, not my way, but your way. And when God moves on your heart, you do what the shepherds do, and you move on that. See, the shepherds didn't waste any time. They seized the moment. They recognized that God was telling them something to do, and they they needed to do it, and so they started moving on it. Now, the truth is, they had a lot of things that could have prevented them from actually doing what God was telling them to do. They had responsibilities. But can I tell you something? Something was way more important, and a lot of us are more busy now than we've ever been. There's so many things that can grab our attention, so many things that we're doing, but can I tell you something? That there's something more important than your career. Than, than sports, than, than college games. There's something more important that's going on in your life than, than, than even dating or what you've got going on. God is doing something. You're part of history unfolding right before your eyes, and I don't want you to miss his purpose. See, the shepherds learned uh, and behaved and operated on a simple principle. And it's kind of a two-part principle, and, and I want to share it with you. This is kind of what they thought. They thought this, once you know, you better go. That's what they figured out. They figured out that, that in verse 15, it said, let us now go. See, they heard this most amazing message, and as soon as they heard this message, they moved on it immediately. See, I, I believe like them, that God puts you here on purpose. He, he, you're right here in this building at this time hearing this message on purpose. God knows everything, and he knew you would be here to hear this message. And just like them, we're supposed to do something with this message. God wants you to hear something and do it. See, it's easy to hear a message and do nothing with it. I'm married. I do it all the time. <laughs> Sorry. But, but there's, there's, there's a lot of times that you can hear something and you just, you just kind of move on and not do anything with it. But, but the, the faith that the shepherds had was that they heard something and they responded to it. That is called faith. Like they could have sat on the side of that mountain and said, wow, those were some angels. How about that? That was something. And just hung out there like and talked about it. But instead they decided to do something about it. Last week we talked about how Christmas, this amazing Christmas that we have, this incredible thing that has been brought to us has become so familiar that we send it out on cards. I mean, God has done something incredible, like the the king of all kings became flesh and came to this earth for us to do something about it. And there's lots of reasons why the shepherds couldn't, could could take that information and say, well, I I can't do anything with it. I got a job to do, right? There's scary stuff out there. Like we we say there's scary stuff. They had literally lions and coyotes and bears. Oh my. Like, I mean, like they, they had all kinds of stuff that could have prevented them from actually moving on this, but they decided they were going to overcome that and step out anyway. 
And they had a job to do, right? If, if, if they didn't do their job, who was going to do it? You know, there, it's one thing to be a, a dirt person, but not even to not even have that job. Like they, they risked all of those things by stepping out and doing it. There's all sorts of reasons that would keep you from moving on what God has told you to do. Like there's, there's reasons why, man, if, if I talk to somebody about Jesus, they might look at me like I'm nuts, right? I'm, they, they look at me like a Bible thumper, right? If I talk about that, you know, in my work, then what will they look at me about? Like, and, and maybe I, I might could even lose my job. Like, what, if, I, if I give, right? There's lots of reasons why I can't give. Look at the economy. I got my own debt of my own. Like, like I, I, God's moving on my heart to give in some capacity. But, but I can't do that right now because, I mean, like, the economy could turn any minute. I got to make sure that I'm taking care of my own stuff. Maybe there's somebody that God's moving on your heart that you should pray for that person right there in the middle of the grocery store. And you think, man, I can't do that. What if they say, no, I don't want to know anything about that. I'll look like an idiot. There's that person that I should, uh, maybe I should invite them to come to church. But what if they say no? There's all kinds of reasons why we can't do the things that God's called us to do. But can I prophesy over you for a minute and just tell you this one thing? If you go, then you'll know. Like if you'll actually step out and do it, God will give you the provision you need. God will show up in areas and in ways that you'll go, oh my gosh. If you'll just do that, if you'll not wait for, for knowing it all. Like, like you don't have to wait to understand every single part of it because that's what faith is. When God has told you to do something and you step out, you don't delay, you just do it. Even if you don't understand it all, you just recognize that God's doing something and he's calling you to a deeper place. You don't have to wait till New Year's to make a resolution. You can move today. You, you can dive in. You can dive in deeper in prayer. You can dive in deeper in your relationship with him. You can start jumping in. You can serve him. You could, maybe God's been moving on your heart to get baptized, man, man, man. And you keep pushing back and saying all these excuses. Maybe what's today? What if today was the day you said, you know what? That's it. I'm done with the, with the excuses. I'm going to serve. I'm going I'm to go to next steps. I'm going to find out my, my gifts, and I'm going to start serving at the church. Or I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to start doing something that God wants me to do. See, if somebody had, had the ability to say God couldn't use me, it was shepherds, right? I mean, it was those guys that, that nobody looked at as, as though they were valuable in any way. They could say, well, who's going to believe us anyway? We're dirt people, right? We're, we're scumbags. Like, who, if I start moving, if I start doing what God has called me to do, like, like what will they say about me? Maybe they, they, they could probably even not even take my testimony as being true. But what if... They, you, you would respond just like those shepherds did. What if God is trying to do something amazing in your life, but you just keep posing a bunch of questions and, and, and coming up with excuses? Like, I, I don't know what, what God is working on in everybody's heart, but, but if God has been dealing with you in something, what, what if you just recognize this fact, that, that the answers to all those questions are on the other side of obedience? I don't know if I have enough time to serve. Why don't you serve and find out? I don't, I don't know if I have the finances to give. Why don't you give and find out? I don't know if I tell somebody about coming to the church with me, if they'll say yes. Why don't you ask them and find out? See, all of those questions will be found. The answer to those questions are on the other side of obedience because the, this is just what the shepherds knew. Once you go, then you'll know. So you start, God starts revealing other things to you. In verse 16, it says, and they came with haste. So, so they moved on what God was doing on their heart. And God, I'm telling you, because he's God, he's doing something different in every seat in this house. God's moving in your heart in a different way from your neighbor. He's beating on your heart and has been working on you in different. I know, you know how I know? Because he's God. 
And he's got this, this progression. This is just not in my notes. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to know this. You're going through something. You're dealing with something. You're thinking about that thing. And God has been dealing with you to do that for a long time. I'm telling you that he's been beating on your chest because he knows what will happen on the other side of that. And the shepherds did too. They, they came with haste. And you know what they found? They found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. See, when you find the true king, the one who values you, the one who has the ability to take away all of your yesterdays and all your sins and all your mistakes, the one who has the true ability to give you real lasting peace, then don't wait, don't hesitate, don't procrastinate, run to him. And when you do, you'll find something amazing. See, the shepherds took this, this leap of faith that, that probably would have looked stupid. Like these angels come out and tell them to these guys that are in the middle of the, uh, of the woods and they're just standing out in the middle of nowhere and God tells them and they took a leap of faith and you know what they found? They found that what they saw when they got there, they saw a virgin give birth. They saw the man that God handpicked to raise his son. They met him. They met the king of kings. They saw Jesus himself because they stepped out in faith. They took this moment to take a leap of faith. And I'm telling you, the same is true of you now. Get going. I don't know what it is that God is calling you to do in your life, but there's a lot more. Dive in deeper. Go in deeper with him. Find out what God wants you to do and do that. See, I think so many people are going to get to heaven one day and they're going to find out that God had so much more in store for them. They're going to get to heaven and they're going to find out like, God, wow, you wanted me to do that? You trusted me to be part of that miracle? And I didn't do it because I was afraid and hesitant to step out. It makes me think, when my kids were little, for, for years, Deborah would buy, like, you, you know, like the single-serving version of chips, like, you know, like the lunch packet, like a single-serving version. That's what Deb bought all the time because it was easy. And kids would just grab that and throw it in their lunch and, and move on. And so for all the time that uh, some of my kids were alive, that's the only kind of chips that they saw. Like when Elizabeth was like four or five years old, that's the only kind of version. And one day, Deborah decided to get like a full bag of Doritos, you know, like the big bag. It wasn't even like the economy bag. It was like just a regular bag of chips. And, and I, I'll never forget it because I was sitting there watching her as she did it. As Elizabeth, she's like five at the time, she opens up the door and she sees this bag of chips. And she's just blown away. She went, wow, look at this. And she pulled out the chips. Now, granted, she's about this tall, so the chips were about the size of her. But she's walking around. She starts parading it around the house. She goes, guys, look at the size of this bag of chips. She said, have you ever seen a bag of chips this big? And she was threw her head back laughing. She said, why would anybody ever make chips this big? This is massive. And the only reason why she felt that way is for her whole life, all she has been accustomed to was a single-size version of chips. Can I tell you something, church? Some of you guys have been living with a single-size version of Jesus, and he's got something so much bigger for you. It's normal for him, but it's massive for us. I'm just going to tell you that if you would just step out in faith and see what God has in store for you, you would find out that he's got a big old economy-sized version of Jesus. There's so much more to him, and he wants to take you to a level that is so much bigger and so much greater than you're experiencing right now. And let me tell you where God wants you. He wants you at this place where you're inside of your giftings, outside of your comfort zone. He wants you to operate in a place that is, is right where you're supposed to be, in the talents and the gifts and the abilities that he's placed inside of you at a place where you're like, God, if you don't show up, I'm going to look like an idiot. See, I always laugh at all the time at, at all of these different people, like, like especially famous people that brag about their different skills or talents, ability, like they had anything to do with that. 
Like God was the one that gave them that in the first place. They talk about like, wow, this person could really play ball or they can really sing. God put that inside of them. Like if you can sing, some of these people on the platform today, man, they can sing so good. I think, man, they should be making records is what they should be doing. But they decided that I'm going to use this gift for God. Like if you can sell, you need to be selling. Yes, use that as a vocation and as a career, but you should be selling somebody on the idea of getting into church and doing, if you can lead or you can teach people, man, that's great, but you should be utilizing that gift for the kingdom of God. That's what God wants you to do. See, the gifts that you have, the talents that you have, the skills that you have are God's gift to you. What you decide to do with them, that's your gift back to God. And God absolutely wants you to do something with this. And there's, the, the problem is the shepherds were willing to use what they had, been, what they had received and, and, and bless the world with it. The problem is a lot of times we think, well, man, if I do that, man, anything could happen. They took a risk. They stepped out. And you know what ended up happening when they took that risk? Everybody who heard it marveled, it said. You could say, man, if I, if I tell that person at work about Jesus, if I, if I invite them to church, if, if I'm in a restaurant and God moves on my heart, then I'm supposed to go up to that person and ask them if I should pray for them. They might look at me like I'm nuts, like I'm a weirdo, right? Yes, that's possible. All those things are true. Or you might just be used by God in a way that blows your socks off. That may, in a way that you think, man, this is incredible that God used me in that way. And I think that you're right where you are on purpose. The shepherds were in the perfect spot to be used by God. In the middle of a field where no one was around with animals. Right? That's perfect spot. What do you mean? Maybe you feel like this too. Like, man, I'm in the middle of nowhere surrounded by a bunch of animals at work. And you might be right. You know, I don't know what, the, what your work situation is like. But I think this, it's, it's perfectly situated and suited. So you, you could be thinking like the job that I'm in, man, I work long hours, I'm doing all this stuff, nobody appreciates me, no one sees all the things that I'm doing. Maybe you're in a marriage, you think, man, I'm in a thankless marriage, I'm doing all the sacrificing, I'm doing all the work, he or she never does anything in response, no one's paying attention to me, and, and no one ever acknowledges me. You can think about that, you, you could look at it that way, but can I tell you this, the world looks at the shepherds like they're smelly, and they're unloved, and they're worthless, but God looked past all of that stuff, he saw their heart, and he said, that's the person perfect person to use. That's the exact person because they're in the right place at the right time. They're the right person with the right attitude. I can use somebody like that. It doesn't matter what the world looks at you like. It doesn't matter what your situation was like. See, God, when they were willing to be used by God in that way, when they were willing to say yes to God, then God said yes to them. And you know what happened? They were utilized by God in such an incredible way. They were able to see the God that had come to them and not just to them, with them. Think about him. He was the, 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 the highest king in the lowest bed, and he came to be with them in a barn with a bunch of animals. He was just like them. See, I, I'm here to tell you, don't look at your circumstances today and think, man, this, there's no way it could get any worse. Why don't you look at him like Jesus looks at him and says, man, you're primed for the very best. I've got you exactly where you need to be because it can only get better from here. You think about the, that it's going to get worse and worse and worse. God says, no, you're perfectly positioned to get exactly what I want out of your life for right where you are right now. And you think, man, I bet those guys, I bet the, 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 the shepherds, they were fearless, man. Those were tough characters. They, they were going through some rough stuff and they were able to move on that. I bet those guys were fearless, well, listen what scripture says. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. These tough characters, man, they were, let me give you a better translation, terrified. 
They, they were scared to death. See, here's the thing. I don't know what God's calling you to do individually. I don't know what God is, is, is asking you to do, but I do know this. If God's in it, it's scary. It's going to absolutely be scary for you. And it, like, I, I think about the times when God has called me to a deeper place and to do something deeper. Like when God told me to step out and plant this church, it was the scariest thing of my life. See, like I, I had my own plan. It was a good plan. It was a solid plan. I had a good church that loved me. They loved us. We're doing good ministry, doing stuff. But I, I, was, I was so comfortable. It was a good plan, but it wasn't a God plan. God wanted to stretch me. He wanted to take me out of my comfort zone and do something different. He had a plan and a purpose to bring us here to start this great church where you're a part of, where we're seeing God do incredible things in our community. That was God's plan. And if we had just stuck with my plan, none of those things would have happened. See, God wants to stretch you. God wants to take you out of your comfort zone. He wants to use your giftings right where you are, where he's placed you, and make you feel like, God, if you don't show up, I'm going to look like an idiot. That's what God wants to do. And God knows exactly what he placed inside of you. He knows the gifts. He knows the abilities. He knows the people that he's placed you around perfectly. He, he, this is why his plan is never scary to God. God's not scared by the plan. Right? We're scared by the plan, but God's not. Because he knows what he put inside of you. And he also knows this. Uh, if he's for you, who would dare be against you? And so what happens is, is we, sometimes we don't get stretched. We don't get used by God because we get afraid. Remember, God said, I didn't give you fear. I gave you power and love and a sound mind. I, I put you right where you need to be. I gave you the gifts that you need. I'll surround you. You'll get more of the provisions you'll need if you'll just start taking those steps of faith, if you'll just start stretching. And that's what God wants to do to you. He wants to stretch you. He knows that you could be more. He knows that there's something more in your life, that, a deeper place that you can go, and you're perfectly positioned right here, right now. My question, my, my hope for you is this, that you'll stop making excuses and think he's probably talking to my neighbor. No, I'm talking to you. Like God is literally, he's talking to you. If, if you were the only person in this room, I believe, I prayed about this day, I prayed about this message, I believe that God has, a, this message is for you. It's for you. Everybody under the sound of my voice, God wants to move you and stretch you to a deeper place. Maybe he wants to stretch you in your faith to actually take a step of faith with him that you've never given him total control. You talked about it, but you've never really given him full access to every part of you and say, okay, you know what, Jesus? If you say it, I'll do it. Maybe he wants to stretch you in term of, uh, terms of your generosity and you want to step out. You've never really surrendered your finances to God. And he wants, to, he wants to stretch you in that way. Maybe it's your talents that you've never really, you, you know what you've got. You know what God's placed in your life, but you've never used it in that way. Maybe you've never really fully surrendered to God. And I'm here today to tell you that he wants to stretch you in that way. He wants to use you in that way. I heard this story about a, an old pioneer, and he was moving out west long before anybody had moved out west. And as he, as he went out west, um, he came upon the Grand Canyon. And he'd never seen it before. Nobody had ever seen it. And so when he came to the banks of the Grand Canyon, he looked at this amazing thing. And, you know, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon or if you've seen pictures of it or, or video on, online or whatever like that, it, it, it's about a mile deep. It's about 18 miles wide. It's 100 miles across. I mean, it's this massive thing. And when this guy came, this little pioneer dude came to the edge of that thing, he looked out at it. And not knowing what it was, he said, wow, something must have happened here. <laughs> right? I, I always think that, like if, if somebody was born on some deserted island and, and they had never seen Western civilization, they came to the United States or, or anywhere really on the world and they looked around right at this time of year 
And they would see all the lights and the decorations and the trees and the religious ceremonies that are happening and all of that stuff going on. And they would look around and, 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 and listen, I know all the glitz and glamour, it doesn't all have to do with Jesus. And, and I know that Christmas trees come from pagan stuff so you can save your email. Thanks. I, I know all those things, right? But I, I, I'm inclined to think that if, if someone were to come and they didn't know anything about the situation and they just walked around and looked almost anywhere on the planet, they would see the celebration of Christmas and they would have to say the same thing. Wow, something must have happened here. Something happened when people who don't even believe in Jesus celebrate Christmas. Something must have happened, and indeed it did. Over 2,000 years ago, the Son of God became man. He walked into creation. He stepped into this reality, into this existence for you and for me. Something did happen. And at the end of the day, it's just got to come to a place where you say, you know, is that real? Because I believe that he's challenging us. He's challenging you today, maybe, maybe for the first time, to say yes to him, really surrender your heart. Maybe he's trying to challenge you to do something that scares you, to step out in faith in a way that doesn't make all sense. And I can see the first step of the staircase, but I don't know where the rest of it is, and I'm just gonna take that step because I'm gonna choose to trust him. That's what faith is. That's what he wants you for everybody. You know, he said, it's impossible to please me without faith. You can use your, your skills and your talents and your ability. That's cool. He says, I gave you that, right? I, I made robots, angels that have to do my bidding, but it's faith that pleases God. There's only two times in scripture where Jesus, I was, and you read the scripture and I'd be glad if you find it and you can tell me, but I only, when I read the Bible, there's only two places where God was marveled where Jesus said, man, that, that is really something amazing. And they both had to deal with faith. One was for a healing issue. A centurion guy who wasn't even the Jewish people had, a, had a, someone that needed healing, a servant. And he said, Jesus said, I'll come and I'll heal him. He said, no, Lord, you don't have to do that. Just say the word and it'll be, I know he'll be healed. That, that made Jesus go, wow. You know what the other time was? Lack of faith. He was in his hometown. He wanted to do all kinds of miracles. He wanted to touch people and heal people and change people and transform people. But their lack of faith, because they had become so familiar with Jesus that he wasn't able to do any miracles. Jesus marveled at that. He said, wow. That same God that came to this earth 2,000 years ago is here in this place. How do I know it? His word confirms it. He said, wherever two or more are gathered in his name, he's here in our presence. He could do anything. Whatever it is that you're facing today, it doesn't matter how hard, how difficult, stop being used to a single serving version of Jesus. He's got so much more for you today. If you would just get past yourself, step out, trust him, move in a way that you've never seen him move before. Experience God in a way you've never experienced him before. Will you, will you bow your heads with me? And